Welcome back, witches and other cottage folk. Today is Tuesday, May 11th, 2021, and it's the new moon. And you've just entered the back roads and low water bridges of the northern Ozarks. Our cottage is settled near the top of a sunny hillside, not far from a good climbing cliff and a favored mountain lion perch. <laughs> Look around. You'll find bunnies and brownies, changelings, honeysuckle vines, crafty foxes, seraphim, square dancers, and tadpoles at play. Come on inside and enjoy a visit with me, Hester Makepeace, the Cottage Witch. Our visit continues as we discuss moon energy and goal setting with planners, planting, and books of shadows. Those same early steps apply for planting or any other project as well. First, do some thinking. Do you want a few herbs, flowers, vegetables? I take several of each now, but when I first started, I had three pots of tomatoes and three herbs rosemary, a mint, and sage. I added parsley and thyme not much later that first year because I liked Simon and Garfunkel's song of the same name. And I cooked a lot of pastas and red sauce too when I was raising young children. And I must confess, I also always had one or two flower pots chosen simply for their color and their love of the full sun. This first week, you just have to think about what you will likely use. That's your veggies and herbs and what you will likely just love to look at and breathe in as you walk. Those are your flowers and herbs. Phase three and four, the first quarter and waxing gibbous moon, is the time to buy those hardy three to six inch tall seedlings. You'll find them in garden and hardware stores, along with Walmart and grocery stores. They're everywhere. Also grab a bag of planting soil, a bit of plant food probably, and some terracotta pots, along with those little platters that go underneath. They're simpler and fairly inexpensive, but you can even use repurposed soup and formula cans. Just put a bit of gravel in the bottom for drainage or use a nail to poke a couple holes in the bottom. Both ways will work for you. You can also pick any other containers that catch your eye. When you get home, plant them in the soil in their new containers. Maybe do that on the full moon. Also, if you're making moon water, it can be used to give powerful sips to your new babies, along with regular watering too. That's even bigger energy. I'm thinking we could make a blend of new and full moon water simultaneously. How cool is that? Even if, like me, you won't see much or any of the eclipse because it's just below our horizon, the energy still permeates the air. It totally counts. No matter where you are, though, the full moon is always the big show of the month. And it's also the full realization of your projects. Big, full, blooming, blossoming energy just abounds. Believe in yourself and your planner and your plants. Pay close attention to water magic and earth magic as you tend them. Bury crystals in the soil or draw protection or growth sigils with a twig or your finger right into the dirt. Celebrate your success with the growth of your project. You have really accomplished something. And then, after all that fullness, phases six and seven and eight are the waning of the light. Still large and mostly round waning gibbous moon's light will flow away over the next two weeks. In the middle, the last quarter, phase seven, is a perfect half moon in our eyes on June 2nd. Eventually, 
it turns into the waning crescent. These last phases involve continuing devotion to your cause. For a planner, you're keeping those days and weeks going. Add stickers, experiment with shapes and colors and involving weekly spreads. Use some clever paper scraps. For a planter, keep those veggies and herbs growing. Maybe paint a few terracotta pots with simple acrylics. Pick a theme, be Picasso, or maybe make a fairy garden of tiny homemade or store-bought fairy signs and furniture and figurines. Yay, magic. Let the accomplishment just wash over you and dismiss every negative thought or reframe them into growth opportunities. Additionally, the waning crescent is truly the time to begin adjusting your level of commitment for the next moon cycle that will soon begin. What more? Add in some lifestyle or habit tracking. Paying attention to your water intake, your exercise, want to meditate some more, want to add some spell work. What new project do you want to grow inside of your planner? Now's also the time to enjoy the first tiny bounty of your herbs. Your vegetables will deliver in another month or so. Pluck a little leaf or two and add them to your cooking. That's kitchen witchery. Nice job. Your early experiments with shade and sun and water have yielded some real knowledge. You have become a gardener. Consider adding another pot or two, or if you'd rather, maybe pull back a bit. You can always gift a pretty potted flower or herb to a friend or neighbor. Finally, the waning crescent and next new moon are also time for some self-care. Focus on intuition, recovery, and surrender. I like a nice ritual bath or some quiet divination at this time. Just make sure you nurture yourself. It's been a real journey. And begin to dream again. You're preparing for the next lunar cycle. Those early tendrils of new growth are already beginning to open. Like every single new day, every new lunar cycle is a fresh start and a new chance at projects. Maybe it's arcane study or protection spells. Maybe abundance work or color magic and jewelry. Divination with a pendulum scrying with a dark mirror? There are so many possibilities. Oh, yes, maybe you want to work on your book of shadows. Let's talk about that right after this quick message. Welcome back to the book of shadows portion of today's episode, where we explore writing down our witchy ways. Want to begin, expand, or change your book of shadows? Like everything else, begin with research. Here are some ideas you may want to work on with the eight phases of moon magic, but I'm going to start you off with Ray Buckland's complete book of witchcraft. It's often known as the big blue book. It was first published in 1986, updated in 2002. I think it's on its 24th printing. It's a classic. I'm beginning with Buckland on page 82, the book of rituals. The craft was originally a purely oral tradition. Nothing was ever written down. All was passed on by word of mouth. But with the start of the persecutions, witches and covens had to go into hiding and consequently started to lose touch with one another. So that the rituals would not be lost, the witches began to write them down. Not everything, just the basic rituals. And since they were having to meet in secret, 
in the shadows, as it were, the book in which the rites were kept became known as the Book of Shadows, and it's still called that today. In recent years, it's become common for every witch to have a Book of Shadows, with pretty much all of her practice contained within. Some traditions hold that the book must have a black cover, others say green, others brown. That's really up to you. Many witches like to make their own book from scratch, using parchment for pages and binding the finished product in tool leather or even between carved wooden covers. Putting together such a book can be a labor of love, and it certainly gives plenty of scope for free artistic expression. Hand binding is not difficult to do, he says. I've done it. It's not the easiest thing, and this is a labor of love, but it would make a really cool book. I want you to consider all the same styles we talked about earlier in the part three episode for your planners. You can do three ring binders, blank books, composition notebooks, sky's the limit. Consider quite a few ways to go about it. Dream during the new moon and then start putting it into practice. There are some really beautiful books out there with elaborately decorated pages and illuminated lettering. He reminds us though, that simplicity is absolutely fine too. And most importantly, the book is meant to be used. The rituals are meant to be read in circles. You're meant to read it multiple times. So don't make the writing so elaborate or so tiny that in flickering candlelight, you cannot read what is written. He also says that if you read his entire book and work through it, that by the time you're finished, your book of shadows will be complete. Witches, I'm here to tell you your book of shadows will never be complete. There's just more and more and more things to study and learn, and that's part of the fascination of this craft. Buckland definitely divides the book of shadows into two distinct types. First is the coven work or shared book, and then the other is the personal book. I'm going to talk about Kellyanne Maddox, and if you don't know her, you should. She's got a brand new book out called Rebel Witch, and the whole theme of it is You Do You, which is kind of my whole theme. All cottage witches, green witches, solitary witches, that's kind of our common theme too. Anyway, she is Kellyanne Maddox. She is an online YouTube witch, an amazing tarot card reader and explainer, and she's just great with altar setups and all sorts of crafty stuff. You want to check her out. In her new book, she has a section on recording your ideas. And the Book of Shadows is the first one she talks about. And she says a lot of witches have it. You don't have to have one. You don't even have to use the phrase Book of Shadows. But she talks about it's kind of a cool vibe. And I agree. I like the term a lot. But it's just your device for record keeping, however you want to do it. And then she talks about several different ways to go about that. By the way, you can definitely incorporate your calendar or planner into your book of shadows or vice versa. You can incorporate your book of shadows into your calendar or planner. It's also a great place for big idea stuff, your aims, your ethics, your current religious focus. It's great for workings, rituals, and spell recordings. Many witches track all of their spell working like a witchy scientist, natural, modern, or medieval. 
It can be typed, it can be electronic or handwritten. Anything that works for you is fine. Personally, I love the physical act of writing, and I am a fan of particular pens and papers. For this podcast, by the way, I'm experimenting with a rocket book system. Perhaps the best of both styles is I can easily upload my handwritten pages to the computer, which is great if I ever really get my web page up and functioning. It's there. It does exist. You can go to Hester makepeace.com, but it's just the bare bones. I'm working on it, kids, with the outcomes and the tweaks, the substitutions, the reworkings. For me, if I'm doing research like that, I use more of a binder form. It just works better. But your book of shadows can be basic, simple, elaborate, pretty, sparkly in another lunar cycle or two. We'll see. Maddox breaks down categories of books of shadows, and she has some really modern twists on it, too. She begins with the grimoire, and she states, too, just like Buckland, that it's more formal and a bit less personal and often shared with a coven. It's your record of arcane wisdom. For us solitary folk, it's commonly our recorded research. My own book of shadows is a combination of a grimoire, a book of mirrors, that witchy journal of rambling ideas and thoughts and feelings all the things I think about in a witchy way. She also talks about having a research notebook or folders. That was new for me too. I do keep folders of all sorts of clippings and printouts and strangeness, but I never thought of that as an addition to my book of shadows, but it certainly is. So that can be a separate system entirely. She talks about dream journals, which are not only possible, but common. I'm planning to work on one this summer when I have loads of morning time because I want to include watercolors or colored pencil captures of images and colors, the tone and the feel of my dreams, as well as those wild narratives. I want the written story versions of my subconscious at play, but I also want that wordless feeling that shows up in my dreams too. I'll keep you posted as this be binders and folders, professionally made blank books, from simple composition notebooks to hand-tooled leather-bound tomes, black, green, brown, flowery, or polka-dotted covers, in The Rebel Witch, Kellyanne Maddox also includes mood and vision boards and art and poetry books you create and devote to spiritual work. And most interesting of all to me, a photo book of altars or the tangible bits of spell work you've done. I would consider including some of my rock cairns and tree cloths or vine braids, those forest and pathways workings. I've always only sketched them into my books, and I do like that aesthetic, but a bound photo collection is a nice idea too. So, one book or mini, homemade and handbound, or a cover of your own artistic creation, all are fine. Your purpose, your choosing, your craft. The divine right of the eclectic, solitary, cottage witch. That's a book of shadows. Well, that's it, witches. Thanks for stopping by the cottage, and thanks for listening. Next week, I'll be sharing my daily dog walk and elemental protection spell. It's a good one. So I hope to see you next Tuesday morning, too. And do me a favor. If you're enjoying the cottage, share it with a few like-minded folks. Maybe even leave a nice review or a few stars. I'm Hester Makepeace, the Cottage Witch, and I sure would appreciate it. Have a good day, and then a restful night. Oh, and it's the new moon. We've got some dreaming to do.